stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. West Coast shit. It is May 8th, 2019. It's the month of um, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage uh, Month, or just Asian Month for short, I guess. I I mean, uh, Pacific Islanders are grouped in with Asians as well, and I, I just... I guess it'd be weird to call them Asian because they're islanders. They're not on the continent at all, but they're grouped as part of Asian Pacific Islanders. I don't know why. I mean, why? I know why, because of how they look, but <laughs> right? because of their eyes and various skin tones and hair and all, whatever. It's a, you know, it's mostly, I, I prefer, honestly, I would prefer yellow. Just call me yellow because I'm not from Asia. I mean, my family, I guess, is from Asia, is from Korea, but Asia is huge. I mean, do you know how gigantic Asia is? Um, in fact, there's no real such place as Asia. I'll do you one better, huh? I'll do you. I'll do you one better. There's no place. There's no such thing as Asia. Okay. I mean, yes, there is a place that we call Asia, a continent, I suppose, that we've designated as Asia. But let me tell you this: if the continent is a geographical thing, right? Where does it end and where does it begin? Where's the line, right? Because the continent actually seems to be Eurasia, right? Europe Europe is connected to the landmass that we call Asia. There's no real separation there. What's the separation? What is it? Ah, you know what it is. (laughs) Right? You know what it is. Basically, you get to about Eastern Europe, get around there, and then once you get to about Turkey, it's like, ah, you're Asian, right? (laughs) So that's all it is. Asia is a designation for um, people over there, I think by the Greeks, right? I think the Greeks came up with that. It was like, this is Greece, that's Asia, right? And I guess... In Asia, they were like, all right, fine. We're Asia. You're Greece. We're the East. You're the West. All right, there's some separation. There's a separation there. Based on ethnicity? I don't know. It's hard to say. Because Turkey, back in those days, in the ancient Greek times, the, it wasn't r- Turkey. It wasn't ruled by the Turks. It was the, the Trojans or some shit. You know, they all spoke Greek. They looked, They probably looked the same. I mean, they probably made it like, a little darker, but they're probably just about the same. All right. So this whole thing is basically just from some in-group, out-group war thing, right? Anyways, here I am. I'm Asian, right? My family comes from the complete opposite side of the landmass, all the way on the east, east of it, peninsula on the other side, right? Little peninsula called Korea. Now it's called Korea. Back then, I don't know if they had a name for it. There might not have even been people there back then. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, maybe ancient Greek times, BC times. Yeah, there are probably people there just some asiatics chinky i mean that's uh, not correct politically i suppose but i suppose i but i feel like i that's my lane is it not i mean technically it's not if we're going to keep dividing it up because i'm not chinese you know but i'm not really korean either see that's the whole thing i'm trying to get across here i don't i'm not asian in the sense that I have any connection to the landmass of Asia. I have a connection to Korea because my family's from there, but that's 
it. That's the connection that my family's from there. I don't have any like real, I have no idea what's going on in Korea now. I don't know what it's like to be in uh, Korean society. I have no idea uh, how to even speak it uh, well. I mean, I can speak it like a baby, a little baby, not, okay, baby is maybe like a eight-year-old, like an eight-year-old kid. Um, which is fitting because eight-year-old, I suppose, uh, eight years old is when I could say that that is the uh, the time the trauma really sunk in. <laughs> the time <laughs> where it all, where my childhood went into the shitter. Uh, I'd say it was about eight years old. Uh, eight is when um, I learned that my mom, who I, or the lady who I thought was my mom, was not my mom was actually my stepmom and that she was leaving my dad and then I found out that my real mom it was some lady I didn't even know uh through my grandpa it's a convoluted I guess uh, explanation basically I was eight years old um my stepmom who I thought was my mom was putting me on a plane to Korea for the summer you know sometimes I, I would go visit my grandpa and this time I was going for the summer she was putting me on a plane, and I remember we were there at LAX, or the Denny's by the LAX. It's like really early in the morning. I remember I was sleepy. I remember I was looking at my eggs, just kind of eating them sleepily. And then my stepmom said to me, I'm not going to be there when you get back. Yeah, I'm an eight-year-old kid, and I'm like, what? And she's like, "I'm your father and I are splitting up, getting a divorce, and I'm not going to be there when you get back, okay? So... Yeah, all right. Uh, enjoy your eggs. I don't know. I was eating eggs. I just remember crying and eggs. Like, that's all. This is my memory. <laughs> fucking eggs. They were, like, all watery, sunny side up. You know what I mean? They weren't even that. I, from that point on, I was, like, over easy eggs. Okay? Don't, put, don't you dare put any sunny side. I don't want no runny fucking eggs. Okay? Over easy. Um, is the real preference I have for... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I have yeah, a sunny side up. Oh, it's fine. I'll dip my toast in it. That's delicious. Um, yeah, she put me on a plane. But then she didn't even tell me that she was my real mom. Okay? She didn't even tell me that. It, it wasn't until I got to Korea and I was, you know, um, staying with my grandpa and I was an eight-year-old brat throwing a tantrum because I just found out my mom wasn't going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I was just probably not uh, behaving and then he was just like, dude, she's not even your real mom, man. <laughs> like, that's that's how what I remember. I mean, obviously, he didn't say that in English, but that's just the tone that I remember where I was just like, "What? You're, uh, you know, all this is unnecessary because she's not even your real mom. Okay? So, there. You want something to be sad about? There you go. I, and I just remember, like, the floor kind of dropping out. Like a sinking or dr falling, like a falling in a kind of a almost a out of body type experience. You know what I mean? Where I could like picture the whole room and me standing there looking up at my grandpa, him telling me <laughs> this news. And then there was nothing. I didn't really have anything to say after that. And he didn't either. And that was it. And that was it. You know, that was it. Yeah, and then I came back to the States, came back to L.A., and my dad was, um, I remember he picked me up from the airport. He didn't fucking say a word. Um, I got to the apartment. All the furniture was gone. I mean, there was just, like, a table and two chairs, you know, and just become a Baxter patch. She took all the furniture. And 
and um, yeah, we ate a bagel. We split a bagel and tuna out of a can. <laughs> I remember that. I remember I got my wallet. I went and I left my, I left my wallet at home, and I had money in there, and I went and got it. I think I had like hundred bucks in there. I went and got it, and it was the money was gone. And I was like, Dad, where's my money? And then he was like. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember him saying I took it. This is what I remember him saying. I remember him saying, well, how much money do you think it costs to raise you? That's what he said to me. And I was like, what? I don't know. And he's like, well, you know, whose money is it really then? <laughs> Which I think is, he was basically <laughs> telling me that he stole my money. And, you know, fuck you because you're my kid. Uh, I guess it was just fun. whatever. I It's a lot of crushing things to deal with. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things I got fucking... You know, I thought my mom left. Turns out she wasn't my mom, and I never knew my real mom, right? Come home. Fucking dad stole 100 bucks from me. And as an 8-year-old, 100 bucks is a lot of fucking money. It was like Atari games or whatever the fuck I was, Nintendo games, I don't know, whatever, right? So that very same day, or night, I'm all jet-lagged. I came back from Korea. He takes me to his aunt's place, you know, like I guess I thought we were visiting. And then I pass out. At my aunt or my grand aunt's house, wake up, he's gone. Dude's gone. I remember watching Danger Mouse at like five in the morning because I was all jet lagged. I woke up and she came out, and it was basically about two hours in when she realized there's no way I can raise this boy, just this eight year old boy. <laughs> so then she took me to my aunt and uncle's house who lived in Hollywood. Uh, my bro- my uncle being my dad's brother aunt being his wife and then they took me in and then I stayed with them for a year and then blah 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 blah, so on and so forth and here I am now 40 years old in beautiful Hollywood California doing comedy um anyway that was a weird rambling kind of trip down memory lane but that um okay so what the fuck does that have to do with anything well Here's the thing. For me, being Asian is like the least interesting thing about me, right? Like for me, I mean, the Asian thing is just happenstance. There really, there was a war. There was a war. And a lot of the sort of fucked up things that happened in my family uh, could be traced to the war, you know, in historical circumstance. There was a war. There was a military coup. Destroy the whole family. Ah, the fortune. The family fortune was destroyed. You know, there's divorce between my grandpa and grandma that fucked up my dad and his uncle. I mean, my dad and my uncle, and, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, and that this is all a consequence of, you know, war, the sort of the chaos following war, you know, things like that. The meddling of foreign powers into your country, <laughs> things, like, things like that really put a damper on the whole family situation. You know, and then uh, we ended up here and here I am. My dad ended up joining the U.S. Army. He actually, there was a program in South Korea. You join the U.S. Army, serve, and uh, they let you become a citizen. Uh, or you have to, you can take the citizenship test or whatever. They give you a green card. And my dad served. He never talks about it. I have a feeling he went to Nam because that was the time period. Um, and he just never, ever talked about it. Uh, it's very possible that he didn't go to Nam. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sometimes I try to just give him some form of nobility. I'd, I'd like to think that there's some reason for my dad being all fucked up, but it's very possible that it's just that, you know, he's a guy who made his choices. You know, he made his choices in life, and I wasn't part of that, you know? I wasn't, like, helping me navigate 
America or any emotional sort of trouble, you know, the emotional landscape of being a child of a broken home, any of that shit, you know, I was on my own, all on my own. So maybe that's why I don't relate to being Asian. You know, I think maybe it's the neglect. (laughs) If I wasn't neglected, uh, maybe I'd relate more to my culture and being, you know, Korean American, whatever that means. Not to say, see, that's the thing. Here's the whole thing. It's like, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not like, oh, I wish I wasn't Korean. I wish I wasn't this. I wish I wasn't that. I mean, it just is what it is, man. It just is what it is. Anyways, happy Asian American <laughs> Pacific Islander History Month. <laughs> that is the month of May. You know what May also is? Coincidentally, May is also Mental Health Awareness Month, right? It's Mental Health Awareness Month, right? Asian American History Month and Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, my God. I mean, that's really the closest my dad will ever get to therapy. You know what I'm saying? Ha <laughs> ha. He's never going to go. I I went. I went for years. I went to analysis. Okay? Analysis. Like fucking Woody Allen and shit. Like lying on a couch. Right? Talking to a nice Jewish lady in the Upper West Side for an hour. Just rambling on and on like this. But I was paying for it. And there was a mental health slant to the whole thing this is not conducive to mental health at all i i don't know if you longtime listeners will agree that uh, <laughs> mental health may not be the outcome of listening to me for an extended period of time i hey you should hear what goes on in my head this is filtered this is no it's i mean it's barely filtered the only filter really is the path from my brain to my mouth which some of you are like we know we wish there was a larger filter maybe perhaps a little writing do a little research i don't know you're talking about some crazy things sometimes it'd be nice for you to maybe pull up a footnote or two give us a wikipedia link i don't know you know i i feel you i feel you but i'm not you know a professor i'm not an academic i'm just a guy man i'm just a guy i happen to be asian i happen to be korean I happen to be American. I happen to be, be from Los Angeles. I happen to have lived in San Francisco. I happen to have lived in New York. Okay? That's who I am. I studied film. I made films. I worked in film. I'm doing comedy. I'm doing stand-up comedy. Here I am. That's that's me. Okay? I do jiu-jitsu. I have a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. I don't feel like I have a purple belt. I get my ass kicked all the time, but a lot of that is because I had an injury and I was out for a long time, and, you know, it is what it is. Back on the grind. Back doing jiu-jitsu. Is jiu-jitsu Asian? It kind of is. I mean, it comes from Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but that is actually derived from judo, which comes from Japan, right? Japan and judo may or may not come from shui jiao. I think that's what it's called, which is from China. It's a grappling Chinese art, which may or may not come from India. So, you know, uh, with, uh, there's some Indian wrestling style people trace that to, which and that may or may not have come from the Greek fighting style of Alexander the Great and his warriors who came through India with pancreation. Uh, pancreation being just the um, Greek word for mixed martial arts, uh, all, you know, fighting, you know, uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, a lot of people say that the wrestling and techniques from there spread to the Indians, spread to the Chinese, spread to the Japanese through Korea, the peninsula that points right into Japan, right? And then from there, you know, uh, this dude named Maeda, uh, was like going around 
just wrestling motherfuckers. Back then, wrestling was just like uh, entertainment. People just watched wrestling all the time. And this little dude, Japanese dude named Count Maeda, where I think that was like what he called himself. Um, I may be getting all of this wrong. The name's wrong. But anyway, this guy ended up in Brazil and uh, hooking up, uh, like ending up tutoring this family uh, called the Gracies and teaching them these techniques. The Gracies went on to become the progenitors of what we would call, what they would call Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu itself, is, uh, I'd say there were many, there are a few other people that people point to lineage-wise to say that these are the people who invented it, and I'm sure all of this is fascinating for you. Anyways, it's Asian American History <laughs> Month, and uh, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental Health Awareness Month, of course, you know, just had a shooting, Pew, pew, pew. Just had a shooting, guys. Um, and, uh, I mean, we just had two, I think. I mean, we just had two sh- school shootings. Well, this last one um, was notable because of a heroic deed by this child. I think he was in Colorado. Um, you know, he was 18, just about to graduate. Flung himself at the, uh, at the gunman, gave, giving people enough time to escape. But he died, unfortunately, you know, and he's a hero. G- good for him. You know, I think his 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 last name was Castillo. You'll see his. I mean, it's you know, I think the one good thing that's happening is like he's being blown up everywhere, not the shooter kid, where the fuck the shooter is, right? Like, but this kid, um, who stood up, ran at the gunman, you know, and that's great. But it's just sad that that's all we got, right? As an answer, <laughs> school shootings is heroic kids. That's all we got, heroic kids. Thank God we've had ten years of Marvel movies, right? Thank God we've had all this. <laughs> All the, these stories of sacrifice that these kids at least are, um, you know, indoctrinated with the idea that they could be heroes. You know, stop the gunman. Be a hero. Stop the gunman. Yeah. Well, the least we could do then, I think, is give them some fucking body armor. You know, suit them up. Let them be here. Like, let them actually be, like, real superheroes. Give them, like, cool costumes and weapons and shit. Right? Maybe they can have, like, I'm, you know, I'm the stapler or something. You know, I don't know some school-themed some kind of Avengers Justice League kind of thing. Groups of vigilante superhero kids who protect the schools, you know? Maybe they have to go and hunt down these shooters. You know, maybe they have to do a little pre-crime, you know? Like, kind of fucking hunt them down, find out some patterns, hack into their emails, find out if they've been, you know, buying stuff or saying stuff. You gotta root these shooters out. Get them, you know? Maybe that's, that's it. That's all we have. Just vigilante groups of children running the streets, roaming around, tracking down would-be shooters, you know, bringing them out in the street, fucking, and shooting them in the head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just so absurd. It's absurd where we're at, you know. We're um, we're at a point where we're just throwing up our hands. Ah, we don't, I, we, I, I don't know. We don't have health care, you know. Fuck it. We don't have health care. Fucking guns everywhere. Don't give a fuck. All right. Meanwhile... It's Asian American History Month, everybody. Asian American History Month. It's, uh, I think, um, let's not forget the contributions of the Chinese workers who helped build the railroads. I mean, yes, it's true. They didn't build all the railroads. You know, I saw some people online being like, do we really need to thank the Chinese for the railroads? Because, you know, black people built those too. You know, shouldn't we say black people built the railroads? And yeah, they did. Black people did indeed build the railroad. So did some white people, uh, except most of them were on the east. 
in the south. You know, they're coming toward the west coast. On the west coast, though, what'd you have? You know, it was Mexico. You know, until the war, and the war fucked everything up. You know, there's a, I mean, you think you could get a, a bunch of Mexicans that you were just fighting to now help you build a railroad with dynamite? You would trust, do you think they trusted them? Trusted the guys that were just fighting and they conquered and now are taking their land and being like, here you go, guys, here's some dynamite. Go in there and blast that rock out for it. You think they would want to do that? No. No. So they started importing Chinese. Chinese, come on over. Uh, in China, meanwhile, in China, uh, people are poor as fuck. This is, um, ooh, interesting. So this is 18, let's call this, you know, eighteen the 1850s, 1860s. That's, you know, the, the period of the railroad. They needed um, to connect the railroad. Um, well, the connected railroad would become instrumental in the North winning the Civil War. So this is like, you know, it's got to be before 1860, okay? So 1850... Um, in 1855, I think two, I think those are the two dates. Basically, the 1850s is when the Opium War starts in China, right? So the Opium War is when the British figure out uh, we could be selling opium. We're selling opium like crazy in China because before that, they couldn't sell shit to the Chinese. And the Chinese had all the stuff they wanted. The Chinese had silk. The Chinese had tea. You know, the Chinese uh, had uh, spices. They had all the stuff. And the English are like, we're losing money. We have a trade de- deficit, just like we're, we're saying now. You know, we have a trade deficit. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. What do we do about this trade deficit? So then, figured out. Hey, we got this stuff called opium that we're growing over in India, another one of our colonies. Started selling the opium, going gangbusters all over India. Let's start selling it to the Chinese. I bet they'll love it too. And you know what? They did. The Chinese fucking loved opium. And really, who wouldn't, right? Opioids are a crisis now in America. People love opiates, opioids, the whole opio family. You know what I'm saying? That that whole set of brain receptors, it's mwah. That's, that's the sweet spot for people, you know? Or probably animals, too, just for feeling good. That's where you get them. That's where you get them, right there. The opium became a huge hit. And the emperor of China was like, ah, oh, man, these white people are selling opium to the Chinese, and were losing money. Like, they were just losing... Chinese people are spending their money on opium like crazy. And they're just getting hooked on them. And it's contributing to the moral decay of society. And you know what? English, get out of here with your opium. No more opium. We're banning the sale of opium. So then the English were like, hmm, is that so, my Chinese fellow? Well, perhaps if we pointed these cannons at your cities and started blasting them... (laughs) You know, that's what they did. They fucking started pointing their gunships at the Chinese and just started blasting the fuck out of them. You know, so there was a war. Opium War. The British won. The British won the Opium War. And then that led to China being opened up. China was now open for business. Once the British kicked the Chinese ass in a war, they won Hong Kong. They won, uh, you know, they... Uh, whole sections of China. Like, China basically just got carved up at that point by all the European powers. So, uh, Portugal got Macau, and Germany got Qingdao. That's why they have make beer in Qingdao because the Germans took it over and started making beer there. That's where they learned it from. You know, fucking French came in. There was a French quarter. You know, like all these motherfuckers came in, just carved it up. So, Chinese motherfuckers were poor. Chinese, <laughs> so that's like this is like a colonial, fucking post-war colonial 
period, opium's flooding, every, all the markets everywhere, people are poor, people are broke, people are desperate. Suddenly, there's a little advertisement for a place called Gold Mountain. They called it Gold Mountain. Come on over, take a ship, ride on over to Gold Mountain where you will get paid. You'll get paid hand over fist just for some simple railroad work. <laughs> just for a little rail, just a little simple, uh, just a little, I've been working on the railroad. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Come on over, guys. So then all these Chinese dudes started going over like crazy because they had nothing else to do. They are being promised all this money. Get on these ships. Come on over to California. And then California, they'd find out, oh, Boy, this su- this kind of sucks. This actually kind of sucks because uh, we're being treated like shit. People don't like Chinese people here. <laughs> people don't seem to like us here. Okay? Don't seem to like us. All right? They're fucking beating us, putting us. They're chaining us and forcing us to work, telling us to take sticks of dynamite, take them into that hole, fucking blowing, and blowing us up, and then laughing. 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 Fucking lynching us. Lynching us. You know, I, I, I don't mean us as in me. I'm pretending I'm one of the Chinese. So they're, they're lynching us, you know, because that's what they did. There weren't any black people really here on the uh, West Coast, really. So you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to do what you <laughs> so They're hanging Chinese people like fucking lanterns, right? They're hanging them all over. Uh, yeah. And then so and also Chinese people working for dirt cheap. It was also way less than they were promised, but there's nothing they could do about it. Nothing they could do about it, right? I mean, they're thankful that they were, I guess, they were getting paid something. I guess if they were paid nothing, they would just fucking riot, right? You don't want that. You don't want these Chinese guys, celestials. You don't want a bunch of celestials rioting, you know? They have a real problem on your hand. And everybody be kung fu fighting. And, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, then, you know, you got the Chinese people. Bring them over here. Gold Mountain, California, right? Bring them over. Get them working on the railroad. Get them going east, right? Boom, boom, boom. Get them going east. Use Chinese labor to undercut white and black labor, right? Be like, dude, we can pay these Chinese people way less than you. You need to take a pay cut or else we're going to hire these Chinese. Then you're forcing black and white labor to compete against Chinese labor, right? Meanwhile, Chinese labor has no idea. Chinese labor is just like, all right, we'll do what? What is it? We'll do it. Okay, what? Okay, we'll do it. Whatever it is, just as long as we get paid. Just Just fulfill the contract. They don't even know. They, don't, they didn't even have any reference of what good pay was. You know what I'm saying? Like any pay was good pay because they weren't getting shit over in China. And now they're here. They're getting something. All right. Here's the downside, though. No Chinese women allowed. No women. No women allowed. So just a bunch of dudes working on the live long day. At least on the other side, the white and black dudes. They had women. Right. You could fuck a woman. Oh, wouldn't it be great to work all day in the on the railroad and then have a Nice mug of warm beer and, and then fuck a woman. That's the only thing that'd be everything would be warm and nasty and sweaty. At least you could have some sweet, sweet sex. Right? Undoubtedly they would probably start fucking each other, the guys. I'm sure they fucked their way out of that mess, right? Like you got a bunch of horny guys <laughs> working all day. So I was gonna so I was gonna get fucked. It's not it's just a matter of time. Alright? So I'm sure they took care of it, but come on. It's fucked up. You didn't even let people bring their families. You know, there's no families. There's just a bunch of dudes, right? And it's not to say, let's all start fucking uh, do a dick measuring contest about who's the most oppressed because the Chinese would lose, right? Just because, you know, the stereotype. Haha. <laughs> Get it? Get it! All right. It's Asian Hate American History Month. Give me something, guys. All right. Anyways, it's not an oppression contest, right? Because, like, who, who, I don't know. It's absurd. It's kind of like, um, 
you know, arguing over who got the most lashes, right? Who got the most, right? Arguing over who gets to hold the lip, the whip, arguing over the lashes, arguing over who gets to hold the whip. Meanwhile, you know, a few motherfuckers realize we all got to unite to take down the masters. That's really the key. We all have to get together. Yeah, drop these stupid divisions, drop these stupid whatever lines, the borders, the race, whatever, whatever it is that keeps them all apart, the workers, right? You gotta get together, overthrow the masters, right? You gotta overthrow the owners, capital, labor has to bend together, overthrow the owners of the means of production, right? Using the Marxist language. Um, which of course the owners know. I mean, of course they know that they, the last thing they want is everybody uniting. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Right? You got to keep feeding them stuff. Yeah, give them the red meat so they fight each other, divide and conquer. It's the way it is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's that. So those few people who realize that we need to unite, get together, those are the ones who are killed. Yeah, they're straight up killed. And that's that's um, that's my uh, lesson to you. <laughs> this is my lecture <laughs> about just you know the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know what I'm saying? The tallest nail gets the hammer. You know, you just let's just all uh, roll over and lick the boots of our overseers. We just uh, you know, it's over. It's over, everyone. Let's just, no, 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 no. Resist. That's what I say. Resist. All right. I'm yelling. I'm yelling in public. I'm. People are staring at me. I'm. I apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm heated. It's Asian American History Month, man. I'm heated. It's fucking huh? I'm so hyped about May. So hyped about an arbitrary designation with the Pope Gregory Gregorian calendar. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps I've done too many drugs. Perhaps I've done too many psychedelics. Perhaps the psychedelics have made me break through these boundaries, these sort of constructed boundaries of race and gender, right? even class, like just everything, you know, making me kind of bust through, right? We're all one, guys. Everything connected. Um, and speaking of which, Denver, Colorado, you know, I did talk about Denver, Colorado being a shooty place, but also... On top of being a shooty place, it's a shroomy place, guys. A shroomy place. Shooty and shroomy. Isn't it amazing? So um, Colorado, right, on the first states to pass the legalization of psilocybin mushrooms. I think Denver might have done it, so maybe it's a city thing. But, hey, first place in America to legalize psilocybin. Okay, psilocybin mushrooms. It's amazing. It's great. Um, I think only good can come of it because mushrooms, it's not really, you know, it's not very recreational. You know what I'm saying? It's not like something you're like, yeah. I mean, some people can. Some people do. They have fun on mushrooms. They do them to party or whatever. But I feel like to truly appreciate the psilocybin experience, it's um, much closer to an introspective spiritual experience, you know? It's much closer to sort of... Um, I don't know, just feeling, I'd be, uh, honestly, on mushrooms, I just, f I really feel like an animal, you know, like a, not an animal, like uncontrolled and wild, sometimes it does get that way, but I just feel like, you know, not not so much my brain, I, I can see that I'm a being of the body, I'm a being of heart, a being of the gut, right, your stomach, sometimes you gotta go take a mean old dump because the mushrooms are wrecking your guts, you know, and it gets you, ah, it just really, it's going, that's why I can't really be in a 
a crowded place on mushrooms, like too many people. You know, I just get skittish. I feel like a wild animal. I gotta run. I gotta run in the trees. How to fucking? I gotta find fresh water. I gotta fucking, you know, how to. <sighs> everything breathes. There's a universal breath, right? There's a universal pulse, right? And you're you're seeing it. You're feeling it. It's coming through. Is that what it is, right? You look up at the sky, the night, the stars. You know, you're thinking about those are those are stars that are billions billions of miles away trillions of miles away or trillions of light years away like just an inf- infinitesimal can't even fathom how far this shit is and yet here i am witnessing it or am i are we part of a, a web of life are we part of a simulation are we just really computer programs you don't you don't really feel like a computer on mushrooms that's one of the great things you finally feel just kind of like uh, part of the organic computer maybe we're in an organic computer but that is what kind of happens, right? The embodiment of this organic computer. Terrence McKenna thought that psilocybin was perhaps some kind of um, login code to a intergalactic internet, essentially, sort of like a intergal- intergalactic web of information that's spread through these mushrooms because you know mushroom spores can withstand the vacuum of space and maybe they landed here on an asteroid maybe it's just some way of preserving information but also terence mckenna you know did a shitload of drugs <laughs> you know so i mean you could have just dreamt it up you know I, we don't know if this is real it's a great idea you know it's part of the whole stoned ape theory maybe human beings you know they're following cattle and the cow poop made shrooms and they started worshiping the cows they ate the shrooms and started thinking of God and stuff, and that's sort of what sped up the intellectual evolution, or the spiritual evolution, you know, just sort of the brain evolution of hominids. It's totally possible. We don't know. We don't really know. But now, this could be the first step in unlocking some of those mysteries, you know? The fact that one city in America has legalized psilocybin mushrooms just means that another city is next, and then another, and another, and soon... It will be part of the culture. Just like cannabis is slowly shifting culture, it really is, right? People are realizing that weed's not that bad, man. It's like the, and if it's not that bad, that means they lied. And if they lied, what else are they fucking lying about? Right? And shrooms is no different. Shrooms, well, really, it's shrooms might not be that great for material culture because it really gets you thinking. It really may, turns you into a biological being and you realize all the shit, money, the stuff, these like these things, they don't fucking, you know, none of this matters. None of this matters, right? None of it matters at all. What matters is like, you know, loved ones. What matters is is you know, good food, good times, laughing, you know, having a good time, you know, being part of a community, being part of the interconnected network of life, just being a being. You know, don't be a fucking individualized robot. You know, stop being just like a parrot repeating everything you see on TV or hear on the internet, fucking just a meme machine, right? Fucking be a human being. Anyways, happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, guys. And happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Happy May. Happy, happy days. Um, Guys, it isn't, it's not all bad. It's just not all bad. It's not bad to just be honest, right? Just to see the truth. The naked truth can be terrifying. It can be horrifying. But until you witness it and take it in and acknowledge it, there's no way 
moving past it. We're always going to be in a state of arrested development. We're always going to be state circling, orbiting this thing that we dare not mention. We dare not, you know, I come from a family that didn't talk about shit. I understand. I know that shit is poisonous. That shit kills you. Okay. Gotta confront the truth. Gotta be honest. You gotta just live your fucking lives. You gotta be human beings. All right. Just connect eye contact. You know what I'm saying? Just try to be, just be there for a second. Try to think about the other person for a second. You know, we're all just human beings, guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, that was quite something there. Um, I apologize if it was just some kind of rambly, preachy mess. I got heated. Got heated about Asians' mental health. <laughs> um, oh, I got a show coming up. I'm going to be at the Comedy Store. Uh, that's a Friday, May 17th. That's an 8 o'clock show at the Belly Room in the Comedy Store. Please come on out. It's going to be great um, on Jimmy Shin's show. So that's going to be awesome. I have a couple other dates uh, coming up that I will post somewhere. If you are genuinely interested in coming to see me do stand-up, uh, sign up for my email list. Go to rojankim.com. You can sign up for my email list. You could sign up. Um, or just really honestly just follow me on the social. Follow me on Twitter, at rojankim. And on Instagram as well. And on YouTube. Just follow me. Follow me. You'll get the news. Um, and thank you so much for listening. And I hope I hope you have the, uh, the opportunity to just realize how lucky we all are. You are. And I hope you get to feel that. You know? Um, this is dumb. All right. <laughs> What am I doing? I just, I almost stuck the landing on that signing off, and then I did this fucking, uh, fucking schmaltzy. What the fuck? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye.